The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only and is a generalization of common DIY projects. Each home project may encounter unforeseen issues with specific circumstances that may not be covered in discussion on this program. This program makes no representations as to the completeness of the information and expressly disclaims any implied warranties as to the fitness of the information to any particular purpose. Before starting any projects, it's recommended the homeowner research the skills and proper materials necessary as well as any and all local requirements for permits. If there is any doubt, it is advised a licensed contractor be consulted prior to commencing your particular project. Welcome to Dream Home Ninjas. I'm Mike. I'm Keith. And I'm Josh. Today's episode is about... HVAC. HVAC. Havoc. All aboard! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Havoc! All right. Well, it sounds like I'm on the hot seat You're on today, the mic huh? tonight, Mike. <laughs> Mike on the mic. You're the man. You're the man. Hope you understand that. Bitch, I'm the man. How I'm the man. You know I'm the man. All right. So, HVAC. We've talked a little bit about it in one of our earlier episodes. Yeah. When we were talking about dehumidification. Dehumidifiers. Dehumidifiers. But let's just talk about the general system overall. Yeah. A little bit of history about HVAC. It's really designed for safety and comfort. Comfort, I get. Safety. Safety. Back in the day, how did they keep their houses warm? Oh, good call. Fire. Fire, Fire in the house. Makes sense. Now we're containing it. Uh, you had smoke inhalation when you had fires going on in houses like that, when it wasn't vented properly. There was a lot of issues back in the early days. I don't understand the problem with smoke. Smoking is not permitted. <laughs> oh, I'm telling the fourth ninja, Victor. You are dead. I blew it away from the mic. <laughs> uh, so, yes. So, what is HVAC? Let's start with that. Hydra vacuum reptilian <laughs> controls. You are an idiot. Heating, ventilation, air conditioning. And if you see a slash R after it, that means it's refrigeration also is put into the same category. It's oh. very essentially the same type of systems across the board. Okay. I know in our past episode, we did talk a little bit about the history, where it came from, the Romans. Romans did everything. Everything. Ancient Chinese also had cooling systems back in the... 13th century. Han Dynasty. Han. Han Dynasty. Han. So was there only one Han Dynasty? Yeah. So that would be like the Han Solo. Just throwing it in there. <laughs> Star Wars geek. So modern HVAC systems, I don't want to get too much into the past, you know. Yeah. We've kind of already covered that. So let's just dig into the meat and potatoes of HVAC system. Meat and potatoes, man. If you're interested in finding out some of that history, you're more than welcome to go back on Spotify or iTunes and download one of our uh, previous episodes that covered that. Sounds good. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Also check us out on Facebook and ask questions. Yeah. We love to answer questions. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Get your feedback. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to know more about? So HVAC systems, heating and cooling systems, and everything that's associated with them has taken huge advances in the last 25 years. Before it was pretty basic. Uh, actually, it came really in the late 70s, early 80s is where the technology started advancing from, but really not until the 90s and forward were they a little bit more advanced, um, more efficient, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, energy efficiency has become a huge thing, especially the last 10 years. Yeah. It's been a ramp up to there, but, you know, I mean, I've been on jobs where we're installing boxes and attics and because the air conditioner essentially will freeze. Boxes and attics? Like storage boxes? Like an insulated box around the unit. You did it at the guy's house in Naperville. Yeah. What was the problem with that? It was too energy efficient. It would like freeze in the winter or something like that or... Quite honestly, I didn't know that you were doing it until you told me, but <laughs> probably. Okay. I, I can't really answer that right now. Yeah, it was like, it was required. I don't know. I mean, well, you're the HVAC guy, Mike, so <laughs> <laughs> you're probably the one we should ask. I was around the whole furnace in mm -hmm. the attic. So it was probably a high efficiency furnace right. that was in the attic and it was not contained or closed off. Right. So a high efficiency HVAC heating unit or even a cooling unit, but you're not really using cooling in the summer or in the winter. So it's mainly for the winter months is why you need to keep it contained. It actually condensates inside of there. It pulls so much of the energy out of the um, products of combustion that it actually creates water and it needs to drain. Oh. And if it's in a cold place on the off cycle, it could freeze it up and could do a lot of damage. Okay. So. Yeah, I didn't know why I was building it. I just built one. <laughs> I fix you pay. Now, now I know exactly. I fix, I you, fix pay. you pay. Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> Essentially, on a furnace, we're going to be going into the fall and winter months here in northern Illinois. Maintaining your HVAC system, you want a qualified person to come look at it. It's not a handyman thing to do because you want somebody that is trained to be able to look for certain things when they're um, coming out to service it. Some people call it a tune-up. Some people call it a clean and check. They're going to dig into the unit, clean sensors, make sure that you got proper airflow going through it. The heat exchanger, which allows the fire and the products of combustion to be able to travel through the unit and not touch the conditioned air that is blowing across it. So it's kind of tubular or plates that are in there that these flue gases travel through. And then you got your indoor air that passes over the outside of this metal chamber that actually will heat it. Hmm. It's called the heat exchanger. And a lot of people are scared or worried when they have an HVAC tech come out and, oh no, they're going to find a crack or a hole in my heat exchanger. That's really for your safety. Yeah. You've got all those combustible gases in there. Absolutely. And if those um, products of combustion end up entering your condition space for your house through a crack, a hole, imperfection in the heat exchanger, it could be deadly. That's yeah. where carbon monoxide comes from. So it, it is about their safety. Well, here in the U.S., we run combined systems primarily. Right. Yeah. It's all one unit. Well, it's two units. 
it's two units, but it all runs through one central ducting system. For forest air systems, yes. Yeah. And I know overseas, other countries, Europe, Japan, they like to use the, mini the splits. separate, yeah, the mini splits. Correct. Separate systems for that. So you have less chance of that. If you have like a gas leak that's going on in the winter time, it's not forcing all that air through the system. Right. And mini split actually don't use any gas or products of combustion for it. It actually is a heat pump and supplemental electric heat in those. Those are a little bit safer for carbon monoxide to get in. You won't have carbon monoxides because you don't have any kind of fuel source that it needs to be able to burn and be able to, to make the products of combustion. Okay. So here in the U.S., we're still behind the curve a little bit on that. Yes and no. A heat pump, if you're adding it to like a, a bonus room above a garage or you're adding it to a bedroom, usually it's a master bedroom that can't stay cool in the summer. It gives you a bonus if you add that heat to it, but you want to put it into something more like that. You're not going to put mini split system into a conventional 2000 square foot house. Okay. And that's what you guys were talking about for your house possibly. Right. right? Yeah. For my second floor. Yeah. Second floor above the garage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which would be a perfect ideal because then you can maintain that area at the temperature that you want instead of just worrying about the unit down in the basement trying to get to the second floor above a garage that is not heated. Right. It actually will cool. You got that hot, warm garage that radiates that heat right up. Hmm. Insulation helps that kind of case also. Yeah. Which is another area we've really in the last 10 years like amped up on the energy efficiency. Right. Let's take a short little break. Yeah. We'll be back with some more good info about Havoc. All right. <laughs> Ninjas out. Let's Go Racing airs Monday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Mike Babich, the voice of Wilmot Raceway, talks all things racing from the dirt tracks of Wisconsin to the big tracks of NASCAR. See how Mike brings you a daily dose of encouragement using all left-hand turns. Brought to you through the financial support of Wilmot Raceway. For more information on Wilmot Raceway, visit www.wilmotraceway.com. This is Mia. Listen to my daddy on Dream Home Ninjas. Welcome back to Dream Home Ninjas here at Slipstream Studios. We are all about Havoc. <laughs> HVAC, your heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system. So that's an acronym. It sure is. So we were talking about the safety and the heat exchanger. And on our break, Keith, you brought up a good point. You want to ask me? Yes. So... The previous homeowner of my home said his kids were constantly getting sick. Now, my unit took a dump right after I bought the house and moved in on the moving day. I had a friend of mine who does heating and air come in and, and um, install a whole new unit and everything like that. Not me. Not you. Not you. No way. <laughs> this is pre-Jay's plumbing. He found that there was multiple cracks in the heat exchanger. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, what are the symptoms of that? Because of like kids getting sick, can that really accumulate and cause issues like that for them? Absolutely. You would actually have headaches. You can feel sick. Um, you feel tired. You just want to go to sleep. You could have vomiting. There's some other symptoms. I had one friend that actually got carbon monoxide poisoning. Ironically, he was one of the guys I went through HVAC school with. Wow. And they didn't know what it was. He actually started having seizures on the floor. They took him to the hospital. They couldn't figure out what was going on with them. They couldn't duplicate it. 
And they actually suspended his license for a while because when you have a seizure and they can't pinpoint exactly what it is, that he was from Wisconsin. Oh, driver's license. Driver's license, yes. Okay. I thought you meant his HVAC license. I'm like, that's weird. Right. And it's in the winter. The house that he was at, it was his friend's house. And this is where it happened on his friend's floor. So he gets out of the hospital. A couple of weeks later, he goes over to his friend's house where that happened. And um, he finds his friend on the floor like he was sleeping and shake him. And he was unfortunately dead from carbon monoxide poison. Oh my poison. God. So when they got there, they figured out what was going on. And when they ran the fireplace and the boiler was on at the same time, the fireplace, when you use a fireplace, it actually uses air from the space, the, the conditioned right, space burn. inside the house to burn because three things you need for fire is air, a source, and a pyro. Yeah. <laughs> Ignition. <laughs> so the flue gases from the boiler going up the chimney because it was a sealed house and that fireplace was going, it actually used the chimney as a chase to bring the fresh air into the house and the boiler's running. So it actually pulled all the carbon monoxide blue gases down the chimney and into the house and right across the floor and right into the chimney from the fireplace and filled the house with carbon monoxide. Wow. Wow. And unfortunately, he lost a friend. Wow. Because of it. So I'm very passionate on on carbon monoxide. I, I don't want to see anybody ever die from it. It is the law to have carbon monoxide detectors. I know in Illinois, I don't know if it's a, a nationwide thing, but in Illinois, you have to have it 10 feet from your sleeping quarters. Yeah. So wherever you're sleeping, you should have a carbon monoxide detector because carbon monoxide actually attacks you when you're the most vulnerable, and that is when you're sleeping. Well, a lot of people will get carbon monoxide poisoning when you're sleeping. Yeah. Hmm. Moral of that story is when you're running your fireplace, open a window in your house to bring in fresh air so you don't pull your house into a negative pressure and pull it down the chimney of your water heater, boiler, furnace, if it's not a draft-induced, which means there's a blower on the system. On the newer systems, the more efficient stuff has actually a blower that actually pushes all flue gases out of the house. So there's a lot less chances of carbon monoxide entering your conditioned space. This is a licensed guy. I mean, so... He was kind of licensed. <laughs> <laughs> he went through the school... Anybody that's just out of trade school, you're not a complete professional. He went through the trade school. He graduated with me or right around the same time I did. But the companies he went to work for didn't work out for him. Oh, so he didn't really get the on-the-job experience. He had very basic knowledge of HVAC at that time. Okay. But this is something that a professional, a certified HVAC professional would be able to recognize and help you prevent. I would say probably a good qualified technician. You're probably 75% of the HVAC technicians that are out there have a very strong knowledge of that heat exchanger and what to be looking for. Okay. There is actually special people out there that train on just how to find holes and cracks in heat exchangers. A crack could be just a hairline crack and you still can get air movement through it. So there's other ways to be able to track that down ways to look for it inside the heat exchanger. This is one of those things we should talk to a home inspector about and see if they check for that kind of thing. They're not that trained. They know to have another professional look at it. They do. Okay. That also comes into sizing of the unit because if you have a properly sized unit, you have less chances of it cracking, but it will still crack because you are heating up a metal surface. Think of your heat exchanger as a hanger. 
if you bend your hanger and move it back and forth, mm-hmm. what's eventually going to happen? It's going to break. It's going to break. Yeah. A heat exchanger is heating up and cooling down, heating up and cooling down, heating up and cooling down, expanding and contracting. Yeah, bending over and over again. Eventually, it will crack. Yeah, so a heat exchanger will crack at some point. Correct. So how often should you check something like that? That should be on an annual basis. Annually. Before you actually go into the heating season, you should really have your professional come out and look at your furnace, see what's going on. The other big thing, if you have lots of cracks in your heat exchanger, like when he pulled it out of your house, Keith, Mm -hmm. if he had a lot of cracks in there, there could be a very strong chance that you have an airflow issue because a crack could also be caused because the temperature of the furnace has reached a higher level than it should be running. It don't have enough airflow going across it. So if you heat that, superheat that metal, it's going to crack a lot sooner. I've seen huge holes, like almost like a bomb blew off inside of a heat exchanger. And it's a crack with all split open. It could be very dangerous. They do have a lot more sensors on units now. The higher efficiency stuff has more signs of it. So if you have a technician that's running into trouble issue and they can't figure it out, sometimes with the inducer motor, the higher efficiency has a little motor that creates a draft through it. That comes on. Once that proves with a pressure switch that's inside the unit, it would not prove if there was a major crack in there. Hmm. There's a lot more safety features in it. So people that said my old unit lasted 30, 40 years, well, it only had four parts in it. Right. (laughs) It will last because it don't have much to it. And it could have killed you. It could have killed you. It wasn't very efficient. So you're spending a lot more money onto it. That's kind of like somebody saying my car from 1920s lasted way longer than my car now. Yeah, but it also won't reach 80 miles an hour. <laughs> you had to hand crank it. <laughs> Start it. Right. You no seatbelts. Yeah, no seatbelts, no windshield washer. No horn half the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it lasted longer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. But yeah, it doesn't come with all the bells and whistles that we take for granted today. And look at everything in the industry these days. We got computers that can do what science fiction writers 30 years ago could only dream about. My phone has the same computing power that they used to launch the first space shuttle into space. Right. Like an entire room worth, my phone has the same capability. Right. I mean, I use it for Candy Crush, but... (laughs) (laughs) How do you like that game? The game's terrible. I haven't played that game in years. Honestly, I actually don't have a game on my phone. Liar. (laughs) Not a single one. What else are you doing with it? Well, I mean, YouTube videos. Don't look at my browsing history. It's all Dream Home Ninjas. Yeah, Dream Home Ninja stuff. That's (laughs) what we're talking about here. So there is a lot more safety features, even for the ignition system. For a long time, they used hot surface ignition to light the burner on there. They've got a lot of them have gone to a um, newer hot surface igniter that lasts a lot longer, which is nice. Or they've gone to spark ignition. But when that has to light, there's a sensor that proves that their flame has come on. That sensor. Once it gets dirty, your unit don't work. So Hmm. that's something else that should be cleaned on an annual basis. So that would be another reason why you want to have a qualified technician do that. If you got a good one that can show you if you're handy enough how to do certain things, 
I would still set up an appointment for them to come out once a year to look at it. Okay. Even with those sensors, if you're close to a laundry room, the softener would also stick to those kind of components and cause problems. Okay. I have a lot more questions about this, but... Right. Uh, Let's save it for the next section. Yeah, we need to hear from our sponsors. On 21.6 The Net. There you go. Slipstream Studios. Here at Strip Stripstream. <laughs> <laughs> Magic Vic. Magic Man. His name is Vic. On the Bump airs Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Hosts Jeff Young and Jim Marshall talk sports and only sports. Well, maybe not just sports. Tune in to see what the best sports show on 21.6 The Net is going to cover. Welcome to Dream Home Ninjas. Hiya! All right, welcome back to Dream Home Ninjas. We're talking about Havoc. Havoc! <laughs> HVAC, that's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. This is a huge subject. As you can tell, I've been talking almost the entire time. Shut up! That's perfectly fine for a guy that doesn't talk. Yes. Um, You're talking. (laughs) For the last five years running a plumbing company, I love that, but I do want to bring HVAC into the company soon. I do have a passion for it. There's a lot of rules that have changed over the years on refrigerants and what you can do. You know, houses have gotten tighter. Um, so all that stuff plays a role in our air quality, which is huge part of HVAC. Oh, yeah. It's not just heating and cooling the house. It's making sure you're comfortable in that house. Yeah. There's multiple different systems as you wanted to talk about Keith. And comfort, especially because we had a conversation probably about a year ago about the difference in comfort feel between a boiler mm-hmm. and an HV system. Yes. Actually, that's a very good starting point for this. How did you like having a radiant heat system in your house? I absolutely love it. was fantastic. I grew up with heat. it too. So, yeah, I, I did not. I, I mean, I think we had maybe one house when I was real little that had one, but right. it, it's been forced air the, the rest of the time. This, this was amazing. I mean, yes. it was fantastic. <laughs> Nice, even heat through the whole house. I have one radiator that has like some issues, one spot in the house. Right. Luckily, it's a kitchen. The stove's there. You turn that on to cook something and it heats that room up pretty good too. So you're cooking a lot in the winter. Cooking a lot more. Yeah, in the winter. (laughs) A lot more in the oven. A lot more in the oven. Yeah. A couple of things could happen there. (laughs) Cooking in the oven. (laughs) Yeah. For me, and bringing up with the subject you're talking about, Josh, is like I came from old school plumbing. Yes. Where I started and we worked on boilers. My sponsor and the bosses worked on boilers and stuff. Is he your AA sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my plumbing sponsor. They said that the nice thing about boiler heat is, is that it heats the elements in your home versus the forced air. Surfaces. Yeah. And it keeps that longer, like you were talking about, Josh, makes it comfortable. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And being a plumber, HVAC technician, mm-hmm. I think boiler heat is probably my favorite part of HVAC. Boilers are very interesting. The history where it really started off as steam boilers. In some areas, there was a steam factory that actually made the steam and then they ported it through pipes to people's houses. Wow. You pay X number for your heat. 
See, this is a whole business. We could get into like steam production. <laughs> steam could be a little tricky because there was a lot of places getting blown up because people were putting them in the wrong way. Yeah, that's a, a problem. steam boiler. You're only half full of water in the boiler, and you're creating steam on the top half of the boiler. Ah. Steam needs to move. It needs to go somewhere. So it needs to travel through the piping. I'm sure there's guys out there that have a lot more knowledge, and the old guys that used to work on it. I'm sure I'm a fraction of what they forgot about by the time they got to the end of their career. I have a book, "The Lost Art of Steam Heat" by Dan Houlihan. Amazing book. Wow. Discussions about all kinds of steam radiant heat systems. So um, they used to port it to the house and with steam heat, it has to go through the piping to the radiator, through the radiator. And then on the radiator, there's a vent and it actually releases the air. So you constantly have a flow of steam going to it. And that's how you regulate it. You actually lowered the valve hmm. at the radiator to regulate your heat. So the steam was coming out of the room. It would come out into the room. So you would actually get oh. some humidification out of that also. Oh, and then as it cools, it condenses as it's going through the system and it falls to the bottom and the water rolls back to the boiler I mean, because it's not all the moisture is going out into the air. Sure. It's not like you're dumping all the steam out. So um, very complicated, making sure that you have your pipes pitched properly. You have enough air room. There's a huge deal in that. So now, but going that way, yeah, steam heat has kind of gone to the wayside, the way of the buggy whip. Yep. Then boilers really came into place. Boilers are really going that way now, aren't they? Well, the steam heat kind of fell off and boilers kind of took their place. Yeah. Even turn of the century. At that point, the boilers became more and more popular. It's a closed system. And there's different ways of piping it. Even more recent, they've actually started taking more tubing through concrete floors. They had tubing through ceilings. They have paneled walls that are actually radiant paneled walls. So hmm. your wall actually radiates out at you. So there's a lot of fun things that you can do with it. You can have towel bars in your bathroom that actually keep your towels nice and warm. Really? I've seen those. Those are sweet. Your feet stay nice and warm because like you said, Keith, it heats the surfaces. It don't heat the air. So you stay warm. You're a surface in that place. So it radiates to you. It's like being in front of the sun. That's why you're so comfortable. But is the boiler system on its way out? Because, I mean, as far as heated floors, uh, the electric pads tend to be easier to install after the fact, obviously. Yes. Um, rather than, you know, chipping up the concrete and rerunning all the... After the fact, it's very difficult, but you can still do radiant ceilings. You can still do radiant panel walls. Some people actually just use it as a supplemental for certain areas of their house hmm. where they hang out the family room or a gathering room. They can actually do that in panels or you can get just panels. You can get a baseboard that you can just run around the room they don't look as good. Yeah. In those, you have to make sure you keep those clean. You know, the baseboard heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fins. There's fins in there. And if you've got animals or hair or dust, it actually collects on the top and you don't get the natural convection because you want the air to come into the bottom, heat up, and then heat rises. So it comes through it and it heats your face. Now they're going to much more conventional ways. In standard boiler, they're going what you can do tankless boilers. Yeah, combi boiler, yeah. Combi boiler now, and they're much more efficient. Yeah, so people pouring their basements, if you're building a house, putting um, tubing in your floor, your basement, and hooking up to a combi unit or a standalone unit. I've even hooked them up to a water heater. Mm -hmm. Not using the same water heater as for your domestic hot water, but you can use it as a heating plant. 
Now, what's kind of cool is, is I saw this in a customer's house in Oak Brook. He had solar heat. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. So he had a, a water heater. Like the tank on the roof that heats he up. Sol- and he had solar panels that would... Oh, it was solar electric. Okay. So you pump a water glycol solution up to the panels on the roof. The sun radiates on it, heats it up. Then it brings the heated water back to a storage container. Then that pipes it around to the areas that you want to heat. And he supplemented his hot water with it too. Okay. Well, you don't even need to use solar panels in some of those applications. I've known people that actually built a wall and put it in the wall outside and painted it black. Like on an east wall? It becomes a mass heater that actually Hmm. the sun is beating on it, heating it up even in the middle of winter that gets hot. And then transferring that water and piping it into the ground using it as snowmelt. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. Snowmelt systems, using boiler systems for that. You don't have to shovel snow. Beautiful, right? Yeah. There's a fellow YouTuber that I follow and he's a licensed plumber in Indiana. Danny G. He's got his uh, YouTube is how it be with Danny G. But what's really cool was... Hi, Danny G. He he actually did his whole new brand new driveway and he ran packs and did that. He did two combi boilers. I believe they're set up in his garage. I think I'm not exactly sure, but it, it's pretty cool. He, he has a drone and he flew his drone in the wintertime neighbor, all covered in snow, snow and ice, <laughs> all nice and melted on his driveway. It's all it looks so cool. And they've really come out with just as efficient boilers as they have forced air systems. Really? Okay. You can get equipment that is 98% efficient out there now. That essentially saying, if you put $100 into fuel in that unit, you're going to get $98 worth of heat out of it. Wow. So you don't have a lot of wasted money in that. All right. We're going to call it quits for now. Check us out next week on Dream Home Ninjas for more about Havoc. And check us out on YouTube. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You've been listening to Dream Home Ninjas coming to you from Slipstream Studios on 21.6 The Net.